Good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Brian Hansen Engineering, pushing the buttons, making things happen. More documents have been found. Yeah, more documents have been found. We'll uh, chat about that. We'll also tell you about the, uh, the Trump tax cuts. You know, that giveaway to the rich. Well, it turns out not so much didn't actually get paid for by the middle class. Anyway, we'll get all of that in in the next half hour. Uh, but as you recall, President uh, Biden, when talking about President Trump in his top secret documents, said, well, it's just irresponsible. So now we have a Biden update. And you can't hear it. I don't know why you can't hear it, but you can't hear it. What did I do? Oh, well. Trust me, there's a Biden update. What is going on here? Yeah, let me try that. No? All right, well, we've, we'll, well, we'll just move on. Uh, Biden responding to um, interrogatories. And he just, he can't imagine why anybody would really care. But he's, he's comfortable with what he's done. You know, the only, I, I will answer the question, but here's the deal. You know, what quite frankly bugs me is that we have a serious problem here we're talking about we're talking about what's going on and the american people don't quite understand why you don't ask me questions about that but having said that what's your question hang on okay look now he's going to read the response in spite of you know protestations to the contrary he knew this was coming um, and, and he makes it sound like, well, okay, I'll take your question on this. <laughs> In the meantime, he's already, he, he knew he was going to get this. Everybody wants to know. Uh, they keep finding documents. They just found more documents this weekend. And here he's going to, he's going to read the response. You could tell he's reading if you're watching the video, because he's not looking at the reporter. He's looking at the uh, podium. And then he, he mispronounces a word. Because he, in his age, his eyes are probably failing him. As we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. There you go, Brian. Don't worry about it. All right, perfect. There is no there there. You know, initially I was kind of concerned about classified documents being in a place that they shouldn't have been, but uh, all my fears are at rest Uh, now. Yes, he is taking care of that, not to worry about about a thing. They were failed in the wrong place, I guess, huh? There are even top (laughs) secret documents from when he was in the Senate. How's that possible? How did he get him out of the out of the Capitol? He's not supposed to do that. And you and nobody can argue, well, as a senator, he had the power to. No, he didn't. He, They were top secret. The guy's just irresponsible. And, you know, say what you will about Donald Trump. Uh, this guy's got his documents scattered all over the flipping place. I mean, they're now they're going to go check his beach house. Because every time they turn around, they find more documents. So the first set of documents was found at Penn Station, is that correct? At the Penn Biden Center, The yeah. Penn Biden Center, okay. And did that discovery lead them to his house? I'm just wondering how all these documents are 
all of a sudden appearing. Well, I, you know, I'm not sure what the impetus was, what what got them to look in the Penn Biden Center, whether they stumbled on them by accident or what, but they did find them, and then it was, well, maybe we ought to check some more, and then it was, oh boy, we found more, we better check some more, and so now they're checking everything. They're going to his beach house. They're, uh, you know, it, it, he's just a, you know, regular blue collar guy with a mansion and a beach house and. But so anyway, I guess it's okay for a vice president to take and retain documents. Well, some would argue, and it's a little bit murky, th- that vice presidents do have the power to declassify some documents. Declassify, but retain? Well, no, he shouldn't have retained them. Even if he declassified them, he's not supposed to retain them. But that's okay. Don't worry about it. There's no there there. There's no there there. Okay, good. Everything is copacetic here. Just look, keep on moving, folks. Nothing nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and where are the photographs? Where are the damn photographs? I want to see those files splayed out on the floor, the, the, the folders that say top secret like they did with Donald Trump. How come that isn't happening? And why don't they show us, you know, in the garage, where did you exactly find these? I mean, we know where Trump's documents were found. Well, why don't we know these? It's uh, it's kind of a mystery. You're see now. I all right. I can look at the. I can see the look on your face, Brian. And you're thinking, there's no mystery here. It's uh, a different justice system for Republicans. Yeah, pretty much. Uh huh. Yeah. No. 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 It's uh, it's exactly the same. It's just that Trump could get prosecuted. But Biden can't. <laughs> Otherwise, it's identical. Not a thing to worry about. Man, oh man, this guy's he's got documents everywhere. Yeah, but there were thousands of Trump documents to the hundreds of Bidens. So oh, well, no, it's, that's it's not totally exactly different. true. And we also don't know the size of the documents that have been found. Well, it's the intent then, okay? That's <laughs> the intent. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love hearing the talking points. Yes. And, and boy, they got them down pat. And, and I listen to the, to the news programs. Democrats are, in some cases, starting to turn on Donald Trump. And to tell you the truth, I'm sorry, on Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. Yeah. Uh, and to tell you the truth, it might not be a bad idea. You know, we'd support him. We loved everything he did. Uh, but uh, this is unforgivable. Now you can appear loyal to the party even loyal to uh, Joe Biden. But, you know, you can't run again, not with this hanging over your head. And that gives them an opportunity to get rid of him. And I'm not suggesting, you know, that this is some great conspiracy. It just the Democrats are opportunistic. And I think they're willing to eat their young if they think it's an advantage for them. They can get rid of a bumbling idiot and replace him with, uh, you know, a bumbling idiot, I guess. I don't know. Uh, 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Or you can go to 874, or you can go to uh, GaryNolan.com, send me a message, and it'll pop up right here in studio. There is a a piece in the New York Post about a pilot uh, from, from North Korea who apparently in 1952 engaged 
um, in a dog fight. And because he was told to keep it quiet, never said a word. He is 97 years old. He retired in 1975. And on Friday, he received the Navy Cross. I will tell you his story right after this important group of messages. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 19 minutes after 9 o'clock. Gary Nolan Show, glad to have you with us. Uh, Trump's tax cuts uh, actually did pay for themselves. We'll get into that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the World Economic Forum and what they want you to give up now. <laughs> you always have to give something up for them. Uh, but I, I kind of uh, teased you a little bit about this uh, Korean War vet. Uh, it is a fabulous story of courage. In 1952, he was a Navy pilot. His name is Royce Williams. And he got into uh, what they said is possibly the longest solo area dogfight uh, against four, of all things, Soviet jets shooting down the enemy planes in less than 30 minutes. He's 97 years old, retired in 1975, and just... Uh, got uh, the Navy Cross, which is apparently the uh, the second highest award for military honor. This happened decades uh, after he uh, performed this act, and he made a promise to keep his mouth shut. And he never told uh, friends, he never told family, anybody about this. Um, even Tom Cruise sent him a congratulatory message. Uh, it, he was conducting combat air patrol in an F-9F Panther of a, a fighter jet I'm not familiar with, with three other U.S. fighter pilots along the Yalu River over the northernmost part of the Korean Peninsula that separates North Korea from China and near what was then the Soviet Union. The leader of their patrol suffered a mechanical problem and left with his wingman back to the U.S. aircraft carrier in the Sea of Japan. Then Williams and his wingman noticed several Soviet MiG-15s heading toward the Americans. They just didn't come out of Russia and engage us in any way before, Williams told the American Veterans Center. After the pair were ordered to get uh, between Soviet forces and U.S. aircraft carriers, four of the MiGs began shooting at the pair, leading to Williams returning fire. Despite being told to stand down for the next half hour, Williams outmaneuvered the Soviet fighter jets, unloaded all 760 rounds of his 20-millimeter shells uh, that his plane carried, and took 263 holes in his own jet but managed to return to the aircraft carrier uninjured. Williams only began telling the story in 2002 after Korean uh, war records were declassified. Uh, the Soviet Union, by the way, was not an official combatant in the Korean War. So this guy shot down four Soviet MiG jets, an astounding feat in a dogfight that took 30 minutes and from 1952 until just the last few years, never said a word to anybody. My hat is off to that kind of courage. My God. Can you imagine four 
Soviet MiGs? Yeah. Some people... Some people are just amazing. That's all I can tell you. And and this guy... This guy is. God bless him. All right. Liberty Index uh, scorecard. Uh, it is uh, the ranks... Uh, they rank senators based on their voting pattern uh, for liberty. Should be no surprise Rand Paul scored 100. Uh, but we've got more that uh, other senators who didn't do too badly in the, uh, in the scorecard report. So we'll get to that. Uh, we were talking about um, Biden and uh, those uh, top secret files and his spokesperson was asked about this uh, DOJ uh, uh, search and whether what else was planned, and he he wouldn't answer. This is uh, Ian Sams. <laughs> Does the White House expect additional searches at the president's other properties? Well, I think it's important uh, in this instance to take a step back and understand exactly what's happened here. From day one, the president has committed to full cooperation with the Justice Department as it looks at this matter. Uh, he has proactively offered access to his home to the Department of Justice to conduct a thorough search. That occurred yesterday, as you saw in the statement from the president's personal attorney, lasted about 13 hours, uh, went through his entire house and uh, found some additional material. And the reason that that's happening is because he's not res resisting an investigation. Did, did you hear an answer in all that? Not way? yet. Maybe it's coming. Uh, no. No? No. Huh. It's not coming. Unbelievable. All right, uh, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Uh, I, I suppose you're just a little excited about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, a little bit, but, uh, you know, as I told you before, we... Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, we have a little issue with uh, Mahomes' uh, ankle. Yeah, it uh, it's not going to be very comfortable today or <laughs> all this week as a matter of fact and then secondly we're playing the Bengals and uh man did we they don't put the hurt on yeah, Buffalo yesterday we don't fare very well against the Bengals even though you guys the, had a little struggle with Buffalo too don't you we we do yeah but maybe you know the experts during the uh, at the Chiefs organization will figure them out by this weekend who knows but uh, it's a home game, so that's the that's the upside of this whole thing. Well, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how this unfolds. Um, but I uh, I got to tell you, as a guy from Cleveland, I would be thrilled if the Browns did as well as Kansas City. If Kansas City doesn't lose another game this season, and I hope that that they prevail. <laughs> if if the Browns got this far, I would be celebrating. I'd be doing a happy dance. I know that you, you sometimes get a little disappointed about uh, all of this. But just think how far they've come. And it's been really entertaining. God, watching him play, unbelievable. The whole team, unbelievable. All right, let me, uh, let me get back to uh, current events. There was a mass shooting. They're calling this a mass shooting um, in Monterey. A uh, Chinese guy apparently... I think uh, the best, as uh, closest I can tell, is they were. Uh, he was trying to find his ex-wife to kill her, 
and shot a bunch of people. And it's a tragedy. It's it's not the gun that did it. I mean, if he went in there with a baseball bat, it wouldn't make any difference. He killed people. Uh, if he threw a Molotov cocktail in there, uh, it wouldn't make a difference. He killed people. But what I found was was fascinating was the description of the weapon. Did, did you hear the uh, description yet, Brian? I did, yes. It's it's a a what? An assault pistol? <laughs> what the hell is an assault pistol? It's a pistol that assault, assaults people. <laughs> an assault pistol? Uh-huh. I don't think I ever heard that before. I, you know, they usually try to paint it as an assault rifle. Right. You know, and let's face it, folks, no matter what you use to assault somebody with, that weapon is an assault something. could be Correct, a rock. Yeah. You pick up a rock and whack somebody over the head, that's an assault rock. How about a hammer? I had a hammer. Yeah, it's an assault hammer. If it's got a rubber grip, it's a fully automatic. <laughs> but now they're calling this an assault pistol. I'd, they wants so much to disarm the American public. Uh, they would have you defending yourself, you know, with river rocks and uh, pencil erasers. Uh, they, uh, and, and, and it, they've got to know better. They've got to know better. They have to know that banning the gun isn't going to stop the bad guy. I mean, did... Did banning drugs stop bad guys from selling drugs? Did banning alcohol stop bad guys from selling alcohol? I mean, look at Al Capone. He can go all the way back to, to prohibition of alcohol. Look at any other country where they've banned firearms or really strictly locked them down and you'll find tragic results. But they keep trying. They keep trying. Uh, let me see here. I gotta go. I've got a. I've got a letter I want to read to you folks. There is an organization. It's called ASHA, and it is for speech uh, speech pathologists and hearing. Uh, you know, the speech and hearing and things like that. And their job apparently is to help these uh, pathologists, speech pathologists and hearing and, and all, to help them navigate the government waters and, and give them information about speech and hearing and techniques and all that stuff. Well, apparently, they uh, sent out, a, and they've been doing this, a, a kind of a political letter. And one of the members of that group got upset because they were bringing politics into their letter. I will read you this letter in about three or four minutes. Uh, you'll be impressed. I, I just fell in love with this woman when I read this. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 9.35. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 
this group, uh, it's called ASHA, and they are with, uh, for you know, they work with uh, people who are hearing and speech impaired. Um, and uh, they keep, they, they have a newsletter. All they're supposed to be doing is helping uh, advocate for, you know, speech pathologists, etc. cetera. Uh, but they keep sending out these political missives. And um, one member of ASHA got really upset about this. Having seen another one, the letter that uh, the, the the sentence that uh, ticked the speech pathologist off, uh, which is just the recent uh, most recent of many uh, of these political messages, uh, this uh, Asha message opens up with the historic logjam in electing Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, last seen a century ago, may have led some people to question the government's functionality and ability to affect meaningful public policy change. Kind of a, a swipe at the Republicans uh, who stood their ground. And it was just like the last straw for the speech pathologist. So she responded. She said, I'm not certain who, uh, whether whoever wrote this will receive this email, but I'm beginning to take issue with the snide political commentary from ASHA representatives. Public policy impacts ASHA members and the people we serve and love. But it's inappropriate to write something that amounts to smug political opinion and push it out to members. I don't fall on one side of the political aisle or the other. I find all government absurd. But I resent having this organization's representatives put forth their political leanings as was done in the very first sentence of this message, ASHA is increasingly allowing this. It needs to stop. She goes on, it's inappropriate for a professional organization representing people from a wide variety of backgrounds with a wide variety of opinions to take a political position when we should be standing up for the SLPs, audiologists, and patients. The people writing this Speak for ASHA and ASHA members, and it isn't okay with me. I've stayed silent on all of this far too long, I think. For an organization that promotes inclusivity to perpetuate the nonsense that we're bombarded with in the media is just as bad as the politically inept legislators fumbling around Washington. Not a good look, ASHA. If you really want to help ASHA members work on allowing us to opt out, uh, if you really want to help ASHA members, work on allowing us to opt out of Medicare providers uh, to get us out of the dysfunctional system that has been the heel of their boot on our necks. This would tremendously help patients and families I see on a daily basis, and I am entirely apolitical when it comes to my patients who can't get care because they aren't improving fast enough to suit some government Medicare bureaucrat. As an aside, I don't judge any of them. And I treat them with the same competence, love, and care that I treat my own family. The people representing ASHA need to get off their soapboxes and keep their opinions to themselves when they speak on behalf of the organization. Because they're speaking for me as an ASHA member. Otherwise... They're doing a disservice to me and every ASHA member who is tired of hearing their snide commentary. Respectfully. <laughs> is that a fire and brimstone note or what? Oh, man. Quit giving us the politics. Uh, and, and by the way, and, and let me just tell you that uh, the reason I just love this woman is because it was my wife, Gwen, uh, who wrote this. 
but if you treat patients uh, and you charge, then you have to charge Medicare patients. Uh, you would think that Medicare, in an attempt to save money, would say, well, look, if you want to treat these patients for free, that's okay with us. But no, you can't do that. You either treat everybody free or you have to charge the Medicare patients. And these bureaucrats will say, um, well, Mr. Smith isn't improving fast enough. Uh, we don't see any point in going forward. And they'll cut him off. And she's upset because she knows she can make a difference. This government bureaucracy that is taking over the health care system is killing us. And it, 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 it's, I feel sorry for anybody in the medical profession who has to treat senior citizens. I mean, think about this. You want to treat somebody for free, they won't let you. They won't let you. You're, you've got a Medicare patient, and the government says, we don't think you're doing, you know, you're improving enough, so we're going to cut you off. And the speech pathologist says, well, I think I can make a difference. Just keep coming in for a while. We'll see what we can do. At no charge. You can't. You either have to treat everybody for free or charge everybody, including the Medicare patients. Medicare is in deep financial trouble. Why in the hell are they doing this? If there's anybody in the medical profession who, who treats Medicare patients uh, and wants to chime in on this, this would be a good time to do it. Because I think that, that people need to know just what a screwball system Medicare is. It really is awful. All right, let me uh, let me see here. We've got. Uh, I'm no cop, but the real logical step should be to frisk Joe and see if he has any classic <laughs> classified documents in his shorts. Nothing here to see. Move along. All right. Um, President Trump cut taxes, and it's it's one of the things he did that I really thought moved the economy forward. He unfortunately didn't cut spending, but he did cut taxes. And you will recall that the Democrats kept screaming that uh, this was a giveaway to the rich. First, you can't give something to somebody when you're just taking less. You, if, if you're taking 50% and you start taking 40%, you're not giving them anything you're still taking 40%. So it was never a giveaway. But uh, Warren, Biden, Sanders, all of the left um, were making that case. Um, and, and, and Steve Moore wrote a piece. Uh, it's in the Washington Examiner. He says, we now have incontrovertible evidence that after, a f after five years since they took effect, the Trump tax rate cuts of 2017 raised revenue over this time period. The latest Congressional Budget Office report released earlier this month calculated that the federal government collected $4.9 trillion of federal revenue last year. That was up almost $1.5 trillion since 2017, the year before the tax cuts became law. 
So they raised more money. They cut. This is the Laffer curve. This is Art Laffer's. Uh, uh, you know, if you're you're taxing zero, you get zero. If you tax a hundred percent, you get zero. The other side of the curve. You can only go so far, and then you begin to have diminishing returns. And when they cut taxes, it increased revenue because it in, it encouraged the economy to grow. These socialists don't want that to happen. I, and I, it's beyond me why. Why would, can anybody answer this? Brian, can you take a stab at this? Why is it that socialists don't want people to be successful? What is, the, what is it that galls them about someone getting rich? I guess they want an equal playing field for all. They want government to control, you know, Everything, basically, from health care to... But you, we start with an equal playing field. Yes, but some people become successful, and then there are those, if you'll forgive me, that'll get left behind. But how do we, how do we explain punishing the successful ones? You don't punish the, them. Well, sure you do if you're No, taking, I mean, you shouldn't. <laughs> oh. But they do. But, <laughs> but they do. All right, uh, let me do this. I'm up against the clock. Quick break. We'll come back. Grab your phone calls, your, your messages from GaryNolan.com on The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 10 minutes to 10. Glad to have you with us. 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-557. We'll get to your calls here in a minute. Uh, we've got a lot of topics, uh, and we're going to keep adding to them. Uh, apparently, uh, Tony Dungy is, well, in trouble. Uh, he was at the March for Life, made some interesting comments, and boy, were these leftists peed off. Did you hear uh, the uh, vice president talking about um, the Bill of Rights? Uh, I don't know if you heard it or not, but she said, uh, you know, liberty in the pursuit of happiness. She, she dropped off the life part uh, because it was a pro-abortion uh, commentary. Anyway, uh, Tony Dungy is in trouble for what he said. And I, I'm i almost tempted to, to send him a letter uh, telling him, thank you and, you know, don't let the bastards grind you down. Uh, let me go to the phones here. Uh, I'm going to do the tax cuts. Rick, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Gary, I'm great. Thank you. You know, along with the tax cuts that Donald Trump uh, got through, he enticed American corporations to bring operations back to the United States, which also helped add to government revenue. Well, he cut, the- he cut business taxes. They were 35 uh, percent, which made them... Uh, I guess the highest uh, tax rate in the world, uh, and, and he lowered him to 25%. Uh, and uh, that helped raise extra revenue, bring these companies back. Yeah, but it was also big bringing them back. Uh, and he had to twist some arms to get many of them to come back because they feared what is now going on would come back. Yeah, well, you, you know, if you, don't, if you don't follow the Constitution then the marketplace has to respond to the vicissitudes of politicians. So in one case, you got a Republican in, it's better for business. And then uh, four years later, you got a Democrat in, it's worse for business. Who wants to take a chance on that kind of variability? 
You know, well, you don't want to invest when, when you know that could be yanked out from under you after you've invested a ton of money. I just wanted us to remember these things as he's running for president again. All right. Rick, thank you. Glad to have you, you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, do we have the audio of Kamala Harris talking about the... Uh, yes. Uh, this is uh, strange that, you know, in uh, in this situation she would drop one particularly important part. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. What happened to life? Hmm. Why would you be... Why would you eliminate life? Uh, because that's what abortion does. It eliminates a life. And she didn't... She couldn't afford to have that. It may be the most carefully worded thing she said since she got to the, uh, to be the vice president. Because I don't think for a moment that that was an accident. It wasn't extemporized. It was memorized. You can't say life. Not when you're talking about anti-life. We had uh, a large contingent, apparently, from central Missouri go to the uh, March for Life. We had uh, Sarah Walsh on the program. She called in from there on Friday. And the next battle is in the state. We've, you've, and, and the, I know the left hate this, but there is no constitutional involvement in abortion. There isn't. The federal government has no say-so in this. States get to decide what's a murder. Uh, is this manslaughter? Is this self-defense? They States all get to do that, not the federal government. It is where it belongs. And Republicans, if you're smart, you will come up with a set of parameters under which you are willing to, uh, you know, to accept abortion. It might be uh, the life of the mother. Uh, it could be rape or incest. Uh, although, uh, you know, if, me personally, I see that the uh, the infant gets punished uh, for the acts of the father, and I, I don't think that's fair. But at least come up with some limits. So this is where we stand. Because the American public will side more with the Republicans than the Democrats if they know the limits of each. The Democrats have no limit. They would do partial birth abortion. It could be the day the baby is due. And if the mother changes her mind, you could kill the baby and the Democrats would be fine with that. Republicans need to come out and just say, here's the limit. This, Under these circumstances, this is legal in our state. And if they have reasonable limits, my guess is that the Republicans won't be uh, struggling to win elections. And, and you need to embrace it. Look, in, in a little less than two years, it's the big election. Embrace your pro-life position. Don't run away from it. Because that lets the Democrats define you. And the Democrats will make it look as though, you know, you're willing to let the mother die. Don't let them define you. You define them. 
That's that's how you you handle the situation. But Tony Dungy anyway got in trouble. Went on to reflect on what happened when uh, uh, Demar Hamlin uh, took that hit in a football game uh, against Cincinnati. He's a Buffalo player. He said, "It's amazing. Uh, it is amazing me that God actually used football to shine some light on the subject of life for all of us." Three weeks ago, during a game in Cincinnati, something happened and impacted our entire country. A young man named Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills made a routine tackle, and his heart stopped beating right on the field. Could have been tragic, but something miraculous happened. Uh, the medical team rushed out, uh, and they got his heart started again. But you know what? That wasn't the miracle. He said the real miracle was the reaction to everyone to that. The announcers on the broadcast, what did they say? All we can do is pray. And all across the country, people started praying. For this, he's being eviscerated. For this, they're angry at him. Come up with a set of facts, have a discussion, and and quit uh, the ad hominem attack. If you disagree with them, fine. Have your conversation. Uh, let me go get a couple of messages uh, from GaryNolan.com. Socialist tax the rich for the same reason Willie Sutton robbed banks. That's where the money is. Yeah, but it, it, the, it, see, the, the problem with that, Charles, is when they take the money from the rich, it hurts the economy and they generate less money. You take too much, and that's what the Laffer Curve is all about. You get less, less to spend on social programs. So, and, and it's clear this has happened. This has happened. Uh, it happened in the 1920s. It happened in the 1960s. It happened in the 1980s. And it just happened with, with Trump. You cut taxes. People invest. They spend. They drive the economy. It raises revenue. You overtax. People contract. They quit putting their money out there. They spend less. They invest less. And now you don't have the money for the social programs. Not that I think you should. Uh, let's see. Oh, and she also left out, says Ralph, by our creator when quoting the declaration. Yeah, yeah she thinks her creator is her father or something. I don't know. All right. Uh, we got a lot more coming up on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.